Hashtag hello and welcome. My name is the Alpha Female and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Whoa! G'day, Maddie's Bushwhacker Luke here. 2015 Hall of Famer. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah! Whoa! This is pro wrestling's only modern day Viking gunner. And you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Blue Pants Bates. And you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain and founder of Global Force Wrestling. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, f- fellas, uh, uh, you guys have a great day. And, and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. See? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> That's in. a great we've had, we've, we've had 70 degree weather here. For, I mean, we really had a warm December. And I get on the phone with damn Canadians and we're spitting snow. So. Coming to you live from deep within inside the Wrestle House. My name is Carl Carafell, and welcome to this live edition of Turnbuckle Talk. Coming to you on twitch.tv slash Turnbuckle Studios at facebook.com at tbtalkpod, as well as YouTube. And you can search up Turnbuckle Studios there as well. We're talking Twitter divided and a number of other topics here today. And we're going to get right into things, not only with myself this week, but with my good friends, Bobby Munson and Ed Fries. I'm going to start with Bobby because you are right over there to me. Bobby, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing excellent. You know what? It's an honor to be able to join you here on Turnbuckle Talk this week. I've been wanting to do so for a long time. The opportunity came up, and here we are, and I couldn't be happier to only be joining yourself, but Mr. Ed Fry's down below us there, too. What a great panel we got. Ed has been on the show previously before. This is an absolute fantastic honor to have both of you here because I, I very much so respect both of you and the ideas that you guys have within the world of professional wrestling is absolutely fantastic. Another guy that I have respect for Mr. Chris Parrish coming in there. What up people Parrish? We are doing good. My friend, thank you for coming by. Speaking of (laughs) what he's got going on tonight after this a little bit of uh, taking over on uh, the Chris Parrish over at uh, Twitch TV as well too. With Astrid. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. Astrid is one of those people. If you guys don't know who Astrid Pizarro is, you need to find her and follow everything that she's doing. She just tweeted out that she has done another article for, what is it, uh, WW Talk, uh, Women's Wrestling Talk. Yeah. Um, Absolute fantastic stuff that she does over there as well. So not only are we able to see Astrid on screen and hear her wonderful voice, but we also get to read the creative mind that she has. Dude, really? Really? We're surrounded by amazing freaking people. That's that's what I can, that's what I got to say. Just surrounded. Apparently, <laughs> apparently Triple H is surrounding things as well. <laughs> Now, <laughs> and do tell. In in, in I had heard bit, <laughs> in a little bit of a different way, 
We've got Pretty Kitten coming in here as well. Thank you so much for coming in. I know I know who you are, where you are, and what you're doing right now, and thank you for coming by. Triple H apparently, okay, apparently may have some people doing some poaching within the world of professional wrestling. So now we've seen Triple H as he's come into uh, this new era of the WWE hiring back stars that have previously left the company. So there is rumor out there that Triple H has been kind of in talks with other stars and saying, hey, listen, I want you to be my insider. I want you to be my go-to guy. I want you to go and start putting the bug in other people's ears. And here's a list of people inside of these companies. Now, again, this is all speculation and all rumor at this time. Mel Ball, love you, girl. Thank you for coming by. This has been something that has been really blowing up on the interwebs right now. And it's got a lot of people talking. And what better place to do it than Turnbuckle Talk? to talk about this so i'm gonna start with ed because i know you've got views and opinions on this what do you think of these rumors do they hold any value and what is your overall take on triple h possibly poaching from other companies i think he has people that are loyal to him that work in other places do I think he's actively asking them to send talent to him who are under contract? No. Do I have a feeling there are people there that are being like, hey, I heard your contract's running out. You might want to go talk to this guy. He's got a, he, he knows what he's doing. I can vouch for him. Because the thing we always hear about WWE is people are saying, oh, I don't want to go work for Vince. But remember, right. the WWE is where all of these people watched wrestling growing up. <clears throat> We're still in the era of the kids who grew up watching WCW and WWE. Yep. We're still in that era. We haven't quite gotten to the era of the kids who grew up on indie wrestling. We're, we're drastically getting close. But that era hasn't happened yet. So WWE is still the goal. Right. And with somebody behind the helm whom people can trust is something that people will be steering people towards. And behind that helm is Helmsley himself. <laughs> Bobby, what's your take on this? Well, as always, I mean, rumors are rumors. <laughs> you know, you always have to take it with a grain of salt, but they always derive from something. And obviously there's something out there that is occurring. And I mean, you, it can clearly be seen in all these people that, weren't necessarily signed to any long-term contracts or anything like that that are coming back. It almost gives the feeling like Triple H had these guys in mind already. These guys and gals, I should say. He had them yeah. in mind already. He was putting out the messages to them. Look, it's only a matter of time before I take control of this thing. Please, please, please don't sign anything long-term that's going to keep you away because I want to bring you back. I want to make you the stars you deserve to be within this uh, company. And he's done just that. And now he keeps teasing with all these little things. Like there's a lot of people I'm looking at bringing in that people aren't even talking about. And to right. me, that it just creates this excitement as a fan. 
And I think that's what he's doing more than anything, whether there's truth to the matter that he's sending out feelers to other companies, whether he's trying to actually poach anybody from other companies and stuff like that. Again, it makes us excited because when you turn on Raw, you turn on SmackDown, you turn on NXT or the pay-per-views or premium live events, as they now like to be called, Right. you, you sit there and you go, what could happen? And that's what always made WWE slash WWF exciting back in the 90s, the 2000s, and, and predating that as well, too, was the, right. yeah. I don't know what I'm going to get myself into next week. I get a cliffhanger. I got to tune into the next show to find out what happened. And now Triple H is giving that back to wrestling fans. He's given us something that doesn't insult our intelligence, and we want to keep searching for more. Awesome. And the other awesome thing is, points. I was say Triple H has figured out viral marketing. I know that's oh, yeah. a topic we're going. Yeah. We're, we're gonna. We're gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna brief on it because I'm we're not gonna. I'm, but like, think about it. He's doing things that people are literally doing his job for him. Yes. He's like, I'm going to turn the lights off and play a song during a commercial break. Not on TV, not on social media. I'm going to do something during a television break at the live arena. I'm going to do things at live events. I'm going to do things with nobody in the building. Right? Just viral marketing. Let them do it for you. See, I wasn't I wasn't overly that excited about the tickets I bought to the live event that's happening in Saskatoon back in January because at the time the product was meh. But now I get this rebooked show coming up this Sunday, and I'm telling you, I'm more excited than I've ever been before because you're not sure he's giving you a reason to believe in the house shows. I mean, who where when was the last time we saw belief that something crazy could go down at a house show? And think about it, last night. Dewdrop was on the board having a match. Now, granted, I'm sure she knew she wasn't wrestling. I'm sure he was smart enough to tell her that. Right. But she she was on that internal board the entire day until match time when all of a sudden somebody else came out to the ring. <laughs> I'm not right. sure if we're talking about it later. So I'm like, I'll leave it. No, there. no, we're not talking about it later. So go ahead. Okay. So Candice LeRae comes back. Yep. Poison Pixie herself. And it's just like, yep, yeah, nope. Just gonna do it. We don't have to. We don't have to tease it. We don't. Have, we don't have right. to put out. We don't have to have Tony Khan sitting here and putting out three tweets telling <laughs> us that Juice Robinson has beaten John Moxley a couple times this year and that he's earned himself a title match. And if you don't know who he is, don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna tell you because you know you you yelled at us for not telling you who Mance Warner was six months ago when we just. Randomly dropped him on a rampage against our world champion. Poor man. Right. But like, but think about it. Like, right, right. think about the difference. Like, I, I love yeah. Mance Warner. I know who Mance Warner is. But trust me, I don't blame people for not knowing who he is. Yeah. If yeah. you don't watch MLW, you have not a shit clue who this man would have been. Yeah. And why he gets to wrestle John Moxley. Right. Like, so I'm gonna... why Mox? <laughs> but like Triple H is like, we're gonna play a song at a house show, and they're gonna do the rest of it for us. It's so true. It is so true. I'm gonna I'm gonna just put this out here quick right now. The only word you cannot say on this show is the f word. Okay. It's the only thing I ask. Everything else on the table. You well. want to say shit, <laughs> ass, bitch, <laughs> bastard? I don't care. As long as we don't use that f word, I'm good. 
We had corporate Joe hopping in here. (laughs) He had said, Hey guys, thank you, Joe. I appreciate. I mean, you've always supported OG guy right there. Him and I started this back in 2015, or we continued it on back in 2015. Mel has, um, I got to find it again here. Here, Mel has a very good uh, point. She says, I will admit, I'm sad the WWE snagged cross killer cross carrying cross whatever you want to say back from new japan pro wrestling would have liked to see what they could have done with him i fully agree i would have loved to have seen what cross could do in new japan because i think it would have been absolutely fantastic but who's to say that's not still a possibility under the Triple H watch of things? We know he's a little bit more open to working with other companies. So there is that possibility that if Killer Cross or Karrion Cross wanted to go over and do a couple of spots with New Japan, Triple H might be a little bit more understanding with being able to make that work. Right. So that's that's very interesting because I, I actually had that conversation today with another friend of mine over uh, over Facebook, him and I uh, tweet a lot, talk a lot back and forth about professional wrestling, and that was actually something that was brought up. He asked, "Do you think that we could actually see more of a forbidden door being opened underneath Triple H?" And uh, honestly, my answer to him was, "Not right now." I think no. Triple H is really trying to establish a new style or new type of WWE underneath his watch. And then maybe two or three years down the road, we could actually see a uh, super show of sorts with a forbidden door being opened. So if that allows us and leads us to like a cross over (laughs) with carry and cross with new Japan, being able to do stuff for a little bit, I'm all open for it. Bobby, what were you going to say there? I was going to say, it doesn't even necessarily have to lead to a super show of sorts, too. Is it, it could be maybe Karrion goes to do a few dates with New Japan, a couple of matches that he really wants to do. And in return, maybe it's a few that happens. Maybe there's someone there that they really want to see him work with. And in return, maybe you get the you know the rubber match or something like that at a WrestleMania, something where we see one of New Japan's bigger top talents come over to fight Cross somewhere along those lines. Very Joe, true. Oh, Joe's trying to speak that F word in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then you had Mike there going, but that's Ed's last name. <laughs> Mike. Uh, no, no. Fries. Fries. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> the F word. That other <laughs> F word. <laughs> oh, mother F word. That's right. Chris, my good friend Chris Best, him and I actually had the opportunity hey, to go to SummerSlam when it was in Toronto, Ontario back in, what was it? 2005 i believe it was how long ago i thought it was yeah well, no, not, not the recent one the one before oh, okay the one oh, before okay. yeah 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 before that yeah because not, yeah, uh, not the trish my kid was yeah. still in his mother's belly when ah. we went so it was 2004 because he was born in 2005 so yes but chris good to see you here thank you for coming in he's he actually writes the first thing i said when hunter took over was that there were going that was we're going to see a mass amount of wrestlers coming and going the same thing happened when vince took over from his dad and that's you know what that's very true we definitely did see a lot of 
different stars being not shuffled around, but really uh, a lot of give and take when it came to, especially back with Vince Sr., because there was still pretty much territory days going on back then. So he was able to really shift around and be able to bring other people in to put a, a spotlight on them, so to speak, from the from the New York City area. And then allow them to go back to the territories to maybe help build that area, which was a very or not, smart or, idea. Or not go back to the territories as it was with most of them. Right. Which, right. Is, why, which is where Triple H differs from Vince. Because when, exactly. when Vince did it, he killed the system. Well, Vince Sr. was smart, though, too, because he would put certain contracts in place where he would basically loan out his guys at a fee so that he was making that percentage back while his guys were working for other companies. It was brilliant business. It definitely was. So first off, Mel was actually at Monday Night Raw last night, and she actually earlier said Candice's return was such a moment to be present for. It was such a moment that I ran into the podcast room here because I had just finished recording a Carl Carafel unboxes, which I'll drop after the show today. But spoiler alert, there was a Candice LeRae t-shirt inside <laughs> my pro wrestling crate. So I ran, grabbed that, threw it on, snapped a photo, put it up. I'm like, hell yes. Hell yes. <laughs> and now I got to find that comment again here. She says here, we did see Mickey James come in with the Impact Women's title, Never Say Never, which is definitely verbiage that we use here in the world of professional wrestling. Joe apparently has a question. You guys want to see it? We do. Sure. Joe's question. Question for you guys. Do we see a WWE contracted talent on AEW programming or vice versa in the near future? No, definitely not in the near future. I, I mean, I agree with the shaking of the head that Ed's got going on there. No, as Triple H begins to establish himself, I don't think he's going to play friendly with AEW. I don't think on the on the flip side, Tony Khan's too happy about the way that WWE has treated him. So I think there would be a lot of bridging required to even yes. get to that point. So immediate future, definitely not. Down the road someday, again, back to Mel's comment, never say never. That's yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, Tony, Tony's been taking shots nonstop at WWE since before Vince got let go. And the shots have continued to come more over than not since right. Vince got let go. <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to want any of our people on his programming. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's more worried about his, pro, his talent showing up on raw without knowing about it beforehand. I think right. Triple H will bridge the gap with MLW before he'll bridge that gap with AEW, to be honest. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. Definitely, I would. And and Mike is right. Mike Mike coming in here as well. Uh, a happy belated birthday to him. We yes, know that his birthday, birthday was Mike. yesterday. Uh, always cheering for Mike. Love that guy. Um, because of Mike, I am sounding so much better today. So thank you. I took the advice. Everything is turned off because I have professional equipment and it is working beautifully. So I'm very happy and thankful, Mike. You're an amazing guy. Mike actually said Triple H called Mickey because he did because they didn't have 30 women 
for that specific Royal Rumble. I'll throw that comment back up here. Ed, I'm sorry. It keeps like cutting you off no, no. a little bit there. And I uh, I don't mean for it's that fine. to happen at all. It's what happens um, when you're on the bottom. It's fine. <laughs> you just got to lean up top. I'm just supporting everybody else. <laughs> just holding you two giants up, you know? Just Look at them the arms. <laughs> Pythons. <laughs> Hold up the giants. Uh, so, right? Right? I'm no giant, but I do appreciate it. I mean, but going back to Mike's comment, and we see Pretty Kitten's uh, comment on there, but, um, you know, going back to Mike's comment, he had 30 women for the Rumble, but they they wanted to go with out using as many of the uh, NXT stars as possible. They right. made it a clear and pre present thing that they were going to use as few NXT talents because they've been filtering NXT talents through that Rumble for years. Right. Because you, no program, unless you're Eve Riot Girls of Wrestling, Shimmer, Stardom, no roster, no company should have 30 women on their main roster shows. Right. You shouldn't. If you're not going to be devoted to women's wrestling with, and, and by devoted, I mean three or more matches a night, two or more promo segments a night, you can't have 30 women on your roster. You can't have like 15 for SmackDown and 15 for Raw. And, and and actively push all all 15 of them the way that they deserve. Right. It's why you have something like NXT where you can have, you know, that many women in down there working, getting better. And you can have 10 women being featured on, if I, if I counted right, at least 8 to 10 women featured on last night's Raw. Yes. <laughs> That's a yes. minus five star matches. <laughs> That's what he yeah, said. I did. But as an, you want to put And as somebody who's been watching NXT religiously for over a year plus and way back to the black and gold, ever since it came to the network, I've been watching. Um the NXT women have not been having minus five star matches. Mandy Rose is at the best she's ever been. And believe it or not. She's better than the champion on the other roster. I'll say it right here. Right now, Mandy Rose is a bigger star and a better competitor than Tony Storm. <laughs> and Jade Cargill. And Jade Cargill. When you said other program, I'm still thinking like Raw and SmackDown. So I no, thought no, you no, were not talking. I'm like, I mean, in the I was ring, ready to hide you on this stream if you were to say that name, Liv Morgan. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Liv is live is life right now. Okay. Liv, Liv, Liv is fantastic. Um, Liv is getting better too. Liv is oh, yeah, getting much, much better so. too. But Mandy has been on the top of her game since she came to NXT. Not even getting better since she got here. The moment she got to NXT, she's been better than she ever was on the main roster. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Joe, um, I would pop if a WWE talent did show up, though, and grab a mic and refer to AEW as that piss ant company. LOL. That'd be funny. <laughs> right? It definitely would be funny. They don't need that. They got MJF doing all that on the microphone for them right now. It's all good. Oh, it's so true. Have you seen the MJF interview? Like, not just the RL Hawani interview, but have you seen the Barstool interview? uh that he did because if you yeah. haven't that that one's worth taking a watch because barstool like harwani's like no i'm gonna ask serious questions and then barstool's just barstool 
Right. You got El Presidente sitting there asking him questions. And Lord knows he's not going to try to keep MJF on track. Right. Chris coming in here saying, I call what Mandy is doing the Trish Stratus effect. Mm-hmm. And Ed is the NXT aficionado around here. And he was yeah. nodding his head. Yes. So there you go, Chris. You you got Ed agreeing with you too. So my buddy and I, his name is Josh. Great guy. He's a local photographer here. I've known him for years. Him and I were talking and this is something else that came up. This was a question that he had for me. Question was, why is NWA only subjecting themselves to studio shows? So what I came up with was, um, why, why is NWA not doing stadium shows for their bigger, like pay-per-view type shows. Um, do we do we think that maybe the NWA like has reservations on running arenas, or do you think that it's like just a uh, a, a complacency, a, a a small little happy place that they're in right now, and maybe maybe they're afraid to go a little bigger than they are so yeah and i I mean i'll touch on that one for a minute because as somebody who is kind of behind the scenes doing a little bit of that uh, sort of stuff it's always that risk like everybody always wants to push when you're doing well when you've got good people on tv or good wrestlers in the ring it's exciting and people like well if only you had a bigger place to do this at you'd sell more tickets but the mindset becomes, will we really? Just because said person who comes every show says we'd sell more tickets, are we going to go and put out more money and take the financial risk? At the same time, like with NWA too, like, I mean, they've got something that's going, it's working well for them. Seems like people, for the most part, are enjoying working with Billy Corgan and the team over there and having no problem with it. Obviously, the finances must be decent. If you go run that risk of throwing a big show in a big arena, you don't know whether or not you're going to sell it out. You end up sinking a whole bunch of finances. People could end up having contracts released as a result of it. And then it might hurt your smaller shows as a result too. The ones that are probably your bread and butter bringing in the money with television deals or buys through fight TV and stuff like that. So I believe that that might be it. It could be a big reservation thing when it comes to trying to book a studio show for them at the moment. Okay. Ed, before you go, Joe is actually saying the NWA um, isn't that type of presentation. They know their niche and they cater to it. Yeah. And then I want to bring this one up as well from Mike. They can barely fill the studios they are in. A promotion like the NWA sending out ticket sales days before one of their big shows of the year. No way they can fill a stadium. So... Now, now is your turn. I want you to go and uh, give me your thoughts on NWA and stadiums. Yeah, I mean, a stadium show is a hell of a thing. I mean, here's the thing. Buildings that I think that the NWA could actively sell out for their bigger shows. We're talking high school gyms. Right. 
We're talking VFWs. We're talking the indie style building. No, no disrespect to the indie buildings who run those venues, but that's that that's that's the bread and butter of the indie is seen. You run in high schools. You run in VFWs. You run in these types of buildings. The NWA would not, would not, could never, in the in the position it is right now, fill the ECW arena. Hmm. That's no, a small building. No. Not, not even Hammerstein. I'm talking about the 6100 in, in Philly. Oh, okay. Oh, the, tw- okay. the 2300 arena or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. The 2300 arena in Philly. That yeah. thing's a small venue. That thing's a couple thousand? Something like Maybe that, more? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ring of Honor had a hard time selling it out sometimes. Now, granted, they mostly loaded those shows to make sure they sold out. Because right. when you when you say you're running that building, you make sure you load it to sell it. But it's it's like Joe said, this is an old Southern company. The NWA, yeah. even with Billy Corgan running the show, he knows what he has. He's a fan of the type of company he has. He's right. never going to be the guy who's going to look and say, I'm going to run a football stadium. He's the kind of guy who's like, I'm going to pick this beautiful place like Hammerstein. He would take something like Hammerstein. And he'd be like, this is my end goal. Get me to the Hammerstein where I can fill that building out. Perfect. No, he, I saves mean, the, I, yeah. he, he saves the arenas for when the Smashing Pumpkins are back on tour. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, then they, and then they can't sell them out either. So no matter. That's, yeah, that's true, unfortunately. By the way, it's awesome to exactly. see Bobby or, also Ed really Rose. happy <laughs> seeing you back on camera, Ed. That coming from Mighty Joe, Corporate Joe, Joe, whoever you want to call him. We got yeah. some things. We, we, got, we got some things coming down the pike. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I got a I got a fun show in the works that uh, oh, yeah. I'll be making an announcement on sooner rather than later. Good. Perfect. Good. So now, Ed, you were talking a little bit about uh, Ring of Honor. Um, and, you know, them like trying to sell out and, and, you know, even them having a little bit of an issue to sell out as well. Um, now, we all know that Tony Khan, uh, you know, the head guy of AEW recently purchased Ring of Honor. And we've been seeing a lot of Ring of Honor on AEW television. They ran a pay-per-view show. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Joe, we would never do that. Never. We would never call Joe late for dinner. That's just rude. Yeah. <laughs> Always on rude. time. Rude. Rude. <laughs> Mel, Ed coming back and making waves. Damn right. Damn right. Ring of Honor Wrestling was purchased. Being shown a little bit here and there on AEW television. We've seen them run, uh, you know, like like a show on their own, a Ring of Honor show since the purchase as well. But now we're taking a look at television for Ring of Honor. So I am going to say um, the name of the show that that uh, that he was on, and I want to quote what Tony Khan has said, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on it afterwards here. And before I go through all of that, <laughs> there you go, Astrid. Clip it. <laughs> Quick hello while I watch NXT. Of course, of course. Love you, Astrid. Thank you for coming in. So, 
Tony Khan appeared on the In The Click podcast, and he has now finally revealed which television network fans may soon find Ring of Honor programming on. He's quoted as saying, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view events this year have been the most successful couple of Ring of Honor pay-per-view events in many years. And actually, they were both ranked in the top, probably top three or four Ring of Honor pay-per-view events ever. So this has been the best year Ring of Honor's ever had on pay-per-view, which is pretty amazing. If we can get the weekly TV going again, if... If we can get the weekly TV going again, it would be stronger. I would love to bring Ring of Honor back on a weekly basis. And it's a conversation I'm having with Warner Brothers Discovery pretty frequently. And I have to say, that's going to be really helpful in the success Ring of Honor has had on pay-per-view. I think they got a great look at how much opportunity there is in the Ring of Honor business and how many great wrestling fans there are. Not just fans for AEW, because obviously AEW is a top priority for TBS and TNT, but also now for Ring of Honor. Bring Ring of Honor and AEW together, lots of possibilities and synergies. Now, I know that that was a lot... A lot, a lot. I know, I know. We pretty much have Tony Khan coming in and saying, we're bringing it back. It's just a matter of when, pretty much. Ed, what what are your thoughts on that? Are Are you happy with that? I mean, the Ring of Honor name is something I've always loved. Um, you know, I grew up as a WWE fan, but Ring of Honor always ran Lowell. Um, Lowell was a was a site that WWE would run for years. There'd always be a house show, uh, Thursday Raw Thursday. Shawn Michaels lost his smile. I was at those right. shows. Rocky Maivia won his first Intercontinental Championship. I was there. I was one of the kids that ran up and touched him on his shoulder when he came to the barricade oh, after nice. beating Triple H. Um, I was there the day my favorite wrestler lost his smile. Um, you know, that's it's it's a small little town, but they ran it over and over and over again. And then they stopped because Vince didn't want to run rinky dink towns anymore. He wanted to run the big towns. So he'd run, he, he runs the big shows. Ring of Honor was then that nice little substitute in between. And it got me invested into some of these indie talents who I always watched people like Matt Taven. People like the kingdom, Adam Cole. It also allowed me to see people from New Japan. It's the only time I've ever been able to see LIJ live. It's the only time I've ever been able to see any of that talent, including the day I saw Bushi without his mask on because he thought he was far enough that nobody was going to say hi. And I saw all four members of LIJ walking together. And I said, (laughs) I yelled out hi. And I put my hand up like, uh, to my eye, like, <laughs> you know, I did the whole it's the Unido thing, and they all yeah. turned, and Bushi didn't have his mask on because he'd already taken it off because he walked away already. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, didn't, wow. he didn't realize who called out, so he just turned around. <laughs> because, again, it's a small building, and the only thing between the concession stands 
and the wrestler's little private area backstage is a black curtain. Right. Right. It's just it's just, just like a lot of, of indie small, shows are. Yeah. It's one of those yeah. small things where he didn't realize it was a fan. Okay. He had his mask off. Sonata had his hair down like nothing had been done. They right. had just finished a meet and greet. <laughs> but, you know, Ring of Honor is that special company. Um, I would love to see them on television again. The only thing is, if it's going to be Ring of Honor, you've got to get the AEW out of the Ring of Honor. Treat Ring of Honor like Ring of Honor used to be. Because right now, your world champion is not what Ring of Honor stands for. No. No. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's not even so much the political. That's nothing. Ring of Honor was never a place for aging veterans. They were never the company who was like, we're going to bring in an aging veteran to get in the ring. Yes, they're going to bring in aging veterans to sell tickets, do a meet and greet, sit ringside, all kinds of stuff like that run the show because Lord knows Delirious never wanted to be on camera. Right. He was either in the ring or nowhere. But, but I mean, you know, Ring of Honor holds a special place. Ole! (laughs) But you, you can't, you can't have somebody like Chris Jericho representing that brand. Now, granted, I think Jericho drops this title immediately and by immediately i mean relatively soon to daniel garcia because i think that's where this whole story is going the daniel bryan jericho match was all leading to brian versus coming out of brian garcia which is all leading to garcia defeating jericho leaving the jas and running ring of honor as its world champion do you know she can lose that yeah yeah, not the first so, time I've heard that theory as well either, too. And I mean, it's it's right. Jericho doesn't represent what Ring of Honor is by any means. I was a little disappointed. I, I mean, I, I always grew up a Jericho fan, loved his work and everything like that. But it's the anti what Ring of Honor always was and stuff like that. And I can see why it's leaving a bit of a bad taste in, in everybody's mouth. And I have to agree with Ed that they need to get the AEW out of Ring of Honor if they're going to do it. It needs to be its own identity. It needs to have its own voice. And it needs to get back to what made Ring of Honor the way it was and everything like that. That is not a slam towards AEW by any means. So nobody take it that way. It's just simply if you want to run Ring of Honor as Ring of Honor, run it as Ring of Honor and get people in there that understood Ring of Honor in the first place. Bring back some of the people for behind the scenes, like Ed was mentioning, some of the veterans that understand the Ring of Honor niche crowd and the people that will get behind it and have them take control of the booking over there. And just as Ed mentioned there, Daniel Garcia, right? Um, Mike asking Jericho, in Ring of Honor has the first storyline lined up. Which of these young guys is going to take the title off of them? And yeah, I mean, like, you could do a Daniel Garcia. I mean, you could even do like a ring of honor um, original, like do a Matt Taven to become ring of honor champion. Once again, Vincent, even I wouldn't mind Vincent, you know, taking that championship um, Dalton castle. I wouldn't mind either. Right. Like those names that are pretty much synonymous with ring of honor, or if you want that star power, who better to represent a ring of honor than Samoa Joe. 
That's as true. your world champion, right? At, at the same time, if they wanted to go star power, they didn't have to go with Jericho. They could have gone with Brian Danielson. They could have, yeah. Yeah, I do agree here with Chris as well. He says, as long as Ring of Honor doesn't get random, strange hours to air their show like they did here in, in Canada, he says, I will gladly watch them again. And yeah, they did have some really strange hours going on um, up in Canada. Joe is a, is a very big Ring of Honor fan, and he says, as an ROH fan, I'm not a fan of what Tony has done with it so far. And, don't blame um, him. Don't blame him. Yeah, I, I don't either. I'm hoping that this is just going to build towards, um, you know, maybe a not so much a rebrand, but just that that quick little rebuild to be able to get the people back interested and invested in Ring of Honor. Um, and yeah, Mike's right. Whoever, sorry, whomever beats Jericho will get instant name recognition. 100% they will. That without a doubt, whoever beats Jericho, if they are an unknown person to absolutely everybody, they are going to get name recognition instantly. It's very interesting. Very, very interesting. I'm hoping that we do get to see a TV deal secured sooner than later and maybe get back to uh, the roots of Ring of Honor and allowing us to have that honor brought back and restored. We're going to take a quick commercial break here because well yeah damn it i got bills to pay and uh, i want you guys to go and check out my friends over at collar and elbow promotional consideration paid for by the following wrestling a love and a passion we all share i've started a wrestling brand the wrestling brand a brand founded on the aspects of wrestling two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Was for Ryan. That's right. My good friend Al Snow has that company, Collar and Elbow Brand. Please make sure that when you're going and checking out collarandelbowbrand.com that you use the promo code JKPODCAST, which will get you 10% off your entire purchase. Now, if you are looking for anything having to do with Turnbuckle Studios, check this out. The official turnbuckle studio shop is open official merchandise from all the favorite shows plus merchandise you can only find here stuff from turnbuckle studios carl carafel unboxes the boar's nest with bubba duke miscellaneous products that you can only find here Beats and Beatdowns, and Turnbuckle Talk. Find all this merchandise exclusively at carlcarafel.redbubble.com. 
and that helps pay the bills as well my friends so please make sure you're going over there getting yourself some amazing merchandise whether it's from turnbuckle talk the boar's nest with bubba duke or even that really cool show called beats and beatdowns that you can find on turnbuckle studios make sure you're going and picking up that merch from t-shirts mugs travel cups stickers anything you can imagine almost almost is available there for you and yes joe f the remsburg very much so f the remsburg i I heard a rumor that all the cool kids are wearing uh, beats beatdown shirts these days they definitely are they have been selling like crazy you need to get in on it you definitely need to get in on it so we just had a few people that had joined okay and i want to get to ryan here as well Ryan just joined in, guys. They should make ROH a YouTube show. They could make tons of money just running on YouTube. You'd think that. I, I, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that I think they, they definitely could. Um, I think that that would be a fantastic idea for them. And even if they were to do the, um, nice. I, I can't even remember what it's called, the, the uh, uh, their station, I guess, like their TV station where you pay like, a month and you get full access to everything that they have I think people would be willing to pay the $4.99 just like they do with Impact Impact Plus right you can do the same thing with Ring of Honor for a cheap price you're going to make your money that way plus all the ad revenue plus you know all the clicks and all the views and everything you're going to start to really make money We'll get to these other quick comments here as well before we continue on with the next topic. Uh, Mike coming in here as well saying Jericho will be champion going into the new show. He is a safe champion and he can put the feather in his cap that he had or that he found two promotions TV deals. I don't like, want him. I don't want him in charge of any of my TV deals, let alone more of them. <laughs> I want and, less Jericho, not more. I don't know if we need I, to inflate Jericho's ego that much more. But right. You inflate him anymore, he's going to be freaking floating down the freaking Broadway of the Macy's Day Parade. I would absolutely love that. <laughs> that was, yeah, I'm just thinking that's kind of cool. When do we get the Jericho float? <laughs> right? I'm a Jericho-holic. <laughs> I used to oh. Joe saying that he'd actually prefer that Tony sell Ring of Honor to someone else. I just don't trust him with it. Well, maybe we not just yet. Maybe we should should put some money together here, Joe. We'll uh, talk to Tony. Hey, that's an idea. That's an idea, Joe. Yes, that is definitely coming. And uh, apparently, he speaks for everyone. Um, It definitely (laughs) will be happening. There will be a season two of Beats and Beatdowns coming out. We're getting details and everything all figured out. Very soon. And uh, yeah, very, very soon. We're going to be getting at least the first few episodes uh, recorded and done. And then it'll be put out on a weekly basis from there for everyone. I know 100% available on Turnbuckle Studios. And then that's some other stuff that we're figuring out as well is where else can we uh, allow this to go and put this as well. So I think I, 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 I know, I know a place you do. I think so. Really? I've heard of, I, I've heard of this place where friends can gather together and, and talk about fun stuff. 
Nice. Almost uh, almost like yeah. a uh almost like a bar of sorts, like, like yeah. a tavern. <laughs> but 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 you know the you know the frequent call of this place? Ole. Ole. Oh that's right. That's, that's where right. everybody knows your call letters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cheers uh, bars about 20 minutes down the road that way. <laughs> I know that you guys do see that logo that is up there on the screen. I want everybody to know that uh, some big things are actually coming and happening soon. Uh, uh, talks right now are hopefully for about the end of October. So stay tuned for that. And I know all of you that are following me on the Twitter box, um, you've seen me posting a few things about some different stuff that may be going on. Stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, remember wow. remember that chant and, and those call letters. O-L-E. Ole. Ole. Then there's the Ole pod challenge that uh, Chris Parrish came up with as well, too. And that's where somebody has to go as close to the mic as possible and yell out Ole. I'm the first one to take the challenge, but we're going to keep this thing going. So... So does it's, that mean it, that it's, it's just like a like a okay kind of thing? Does that mean it's Ed's turn, or is it, uh, or is it? Uh, I have to channel my Kennedy for this one. Okay. Holy! Yeah. <laughs> yes, somebody clip that. <laughs> we'll just oh. eventually have a whole hour yeah, worth of clips of Olay Pod Challenge. <laughs> Oh, I will definitely have to make sure that I jump into a show at some point and uh, allow it to be my turn for that. Uh, I think that that's uh, that should be something that we're doing as hosts when we bring our guests on. I like that challenge. I like that Olay challenge. Yeah, I like it. Absolutely, it's fun. It's harmless. You know something that I'm not a fan of. What's this? Hmm. People that post things on Twitter. And right now I'm talking about Rick Flair <laughs> posting on Twitter. Okay, that's somebody you Can we just skip all Can we just skip all things Rick Flair because <laughs> I need I need to go over this because this just absolutely pisses the shit right out of me right now. So, September 26th, Rick Flair tweets, "Thank you to everyone who helped me celebrate my 50 years in the business." One thing is for certain, and all in capitalized letters, I will never retire. Woo. I'm glad people shelled out $600 to go watch Ric Flair's last match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it's kind of like how many concerts you go to where it's the final tour forever, and then all of a sudden it's just the final tour of that oh. year. <laughs> Kiss. <laughs> Yeah, Ric Flair, I absolutely love you. You have been one of my favorites growing up throughout the generations of superstars that I have seen come into the business. Please, for the love of all that is holy, Jesus, tap dance, and Christ, stay out and retire already. Please, we are begging you to do so. Does not mean that you have to step away in any form or fashion. You can still have your influences being shown through 
everything, which it has been, even at football games, baseball games, soccer, anything you can think of, television commercials, everywhere has at some point in time done the woo, the Ric Flair woo. They have done abs. You have had music videos and songs created for you. The Ric Flair drip. Everything has been absolutely fantastic. Please, please, for the love of God, I beg you, let us have our memories because I don't want to see you get into the ring again and die <laughs> like you just about did twice during your final match. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that whole speech there, Carl deserves a big woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I got to get to some of these comments here quick. (laughs) Joe says, I used to be a fan of Rick, but now it's just like, go away, you old fart. And uh, Kitty Munson made an appearance. Yes, Kitty Munson has made an appearance. (laughs) Mel coming in saying Kitty as well. See, look at how great Ed is. He's here on stream and he's even in there commenting on screen. Woo! Woo! Rick's last match for me still to this day has been his match with HBK back at WrestleMania 24. I have not and refuse to watch any of his matches after that coming from Chris best. Um, yeah, the, I'm sorry. I love you matchup holds a very special place in my heart. My two favorite wrestlers of all time. I shouldn't say that because I absolutely adore Jake the Snake Roberts as well. Two of my favorite in Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels going head-to-head at WrestleMania and just the intensity that was there. Chef's freaking kiss. Bobby, what are your thoughts on Ric Flair's comments of I will never retire? Uh, yeah, I think I share the same sentiments where it's just like, just go away already. Like, And again, don't. You don't have to go away from the public eye entirely, but don't step in a wrestling ring ever again. If you want to put on cards like you did for your last match, minus the last match itself, fine. I was thoroughly entertained by at least 70 to 75% of that card that night. It was a reasonably good show and worth the price of admission. I just don't want to see him in the ring. Same with Ricky Steamboat, who's now talking about getting back in the ring again. Like all these guys... I want to remember them in their prime for those great moments that they gave us. It kills the mystique of them as professional wrestlers when they try to carry on to do something that they're just not capable of doing the way they used to. It's no different from when WWE brings back The Undertaker. As I loved The Undertaker. Always loved The Undertaker. I don't love The Undertaker so much when he comes back anymore because it kills the mystique that made The Undertaker a badass individual inside the ring now it's like uh, now he's kind of actually a dead man walking legitimately and i don't necessarily want to see that in a professional wrestling ring right ed before you go ryan's comment there says i would love to see rick flair in aew and be the manager of the new four horsemen and then who do you guys think would be his four wrestlers? Ed, I know how much of a fan you are of AEW. So every week. I pull every this week. Up here. Every week. I'm constantly watching. 
something else. Uh, no, but this is actually a really easy one. This is this is this is actually a really easy question. If you're talking about a new four horsemen, you're right. starting with Andrade because you're keeping on the Flair legacy. So you have yes. you have to have Andrade. I would then put Ricky Starks. I hope so. Because if you're going to okay. make a name off somebody in this business, in AEW, Ricky Starks needs to be on that oh, yeah. list. That's for sure. You need a big guy, right? Right. Right. Wardlow. Should. All right. Well, you take Wardlow. Care. Let's put Wardlow in there. Walk. Dude That's can wrestle. Dude's great. People love him. Right. Put him in the horseman. He can be a heel. He can be a baby face. Right. He does All everything right. you need. Plus, he's gorgeous. Like, have you seen him? It's a stud. <laughs> number four. I'm really going to throw an oddball at you for number four, though. Give me Ray Phoenix without the mask. Unmask, unmask Phoenix and give me a maskless Ray Phoenix. I can dig it. Give me something different. Because the four horsemen were always this group of guys who were men's men, who were wrestlers and technical wrestlers. If we're going to do a new Four Horsemen, let's not redo the Four Horsemen. Let's evolve. Let's upgrade the Four Horsemen. Let's make it guys like Andrade. Let's make it guys like Phoenix. Let's make it guys like um, Ricky Starks. These are guys who you could build a company on for 20 years. And then have Wardlow who can do everything they can't. He can be big. He can be tall. He can be the scary guy. That, that's my full horseman right there. See, I, I'm, on, I'm, I'm on board with where you're going, Ed, but I think I, I would remove Ray Phoenix without uh, with the mask situation. And I think I'm going to slot in Brian Pillman Jr. into this mix because you're talking about <laughs> guys who could use a little bit of a push, guys who have shown that they can – you know, they can go in the ring and that they're continuously progressing, but could use that extra help of that a faction would bring. I think that Brian Pillman Jr. brings that to the uh, professional wrestling ring. And I think that he would slot in there. He has such a high level of respect for pro wrestling from the past. But I think that it would be such an honor for him that he would carry on that badge well into the future when it comes to representing a new four horsemen. Those are good picks, too. If I were to have to choose four... Oh, FTR, Silas Young, and MJF. Also not going to complain with those picks at all. <laughs> yep. Yep. Joe, we got to put Joe's comments up here. Joe saying that he would do Starks, Wardlow, Garcia, and Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> so we're all relatively on the same page here. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man, they said, Fry's guy. <laughs> I agree. It really is. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're all we're all relatively on the same page there. I mean, and and that's 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 a testament to those workers uh, for even because of how illustrious the Four Horsemen are. Just that name, the Four Horsemen, is synonymous with greatness, and to even include any of those names in there is a true testament to who they are and their character. I mean, because wow. think about it. La think about the last time that somebody tried to do a new Four Horsemen. Do you remember the group of names that was that was in that group? Are we talking Let's see if anybody can name the four. 
And we're not talking evolution, are we? Fortune. <laughs> give me the four names and fortune. Couldn't tell you. I'll give you one. AJ Styles. Still lost. <laughs> AJ Styles. <laughs> Christopher Daniels. Okay. Kazarian. Beer Money. And Desmond Wolf. Interesting. <laughs> You'll know Desmond Wolf because Desmond Wolf is now um oh, he's the commentator. What is his name? Why is his name escaping me now? He was the one who did Morrow and all did NXE Morrow. Nigel McGinnis. Ah, yes. Yeah. That's the name I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. AJ Styles was in a group that was led by was led by Ric Flair as a mini Ric Flair. That's why when you need to, when you're trying to redo the Four Horsemen, you you, you change it, you update it. You do something different. Because otherwise you get stuck with something like that. Yeah. Thanks, Impact. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't even remember. I couldn't even remember it. And I'm an Impact guy. And I couldn't remember that. You want to know the only reason why I remember who's in it? Because it's the J, it's it's the group that's in the ring with Ric Flair. When you have that great YouTube video of Jay Lethal being Ric Flair to Ric Flair, and you have Ric Flair losing right. his ever loving mind, right? The woo off, yeah. yeah. Among yes. other things, yes. Ric Flair lost his ever loving mind. Yep, he did. He did, and it was always a great sight to see. I loved it. I loved it. Speaking of great sights. Oh, good Lord. I was so happy with this. I have no clue what's going to happen with it yet, but I was so happy to see Soraya on my television screen within AEW. I wouldn't have cared if it was AEW, MLW, NWA, Impact, Ring of Honor, uh, GCW, WWE. I don't give a shit. I like seeing Soraya. And I'm very interested to see if she is actually cleared, considering they have already added her to the website and have already put the graphic underneath showing that she is zero for zero in singles, tag, and trios. Does this mean she's cleared? And if she is, who do we want to see her feud against? Bobby. Ooh, that's a good question. I, I am happy to see her on screen, definitely, because she brings a star power and everything. I didn't really know about going the angle of getting inside the actual ring herself at this point. Um, if she is cleared, though, and maybe she is, and that's where WWE dropped the ball in letting her go. Uh, obviously, I mean, you you need her to mix it up with some of the big names at first, definitely, just to reestablish things over there. Uh have her be a bit of a leader, have some of those really awesome matches that, you know, clearly she could have with a Britt Baker, you know, with someone like an Athena, Tony Storm and stuff like that too. But inevitably after that, being able to work with some of the younger talent to not only help get them over, but to maybe teach them and show them the ways and stuff like that, how to present yourself on TV in order to stand out like a star, because the reason that she is a star is because she knows how to conduct herself as such when she presents herself in the ring, just her walking out. She didn't need to say a damn thing. And she had that crowd eating out of the palm of her hands. Not to mention she chose a bad ass theme song to come out to. Right. (laughs) Yes, she did. 
Joe's got an unpopular opinion. Just pretty typical, and I expect that. Soraya's debut did absolutely nothing for me. Sorry. His Canadian is showing there. He said sorry. <laughs> he apologized. Um, you don't have to be sorry. You don't have to apologize for that. Uh, there are the Twitterverse was rampant with opinions just the same as yours, Joe. So it's not uh yeah. Yeah, definitely there was. There were people that were saying this is absolute garbage and she should never have even attempted to make her way into another company at all. They were happy seeing her gone, blah, 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 blah. And then you get some of us, like myself and Bobby, um, I, I, we got we got to go down to Ed here in a moment, but the two of us, at least right now, who have said, hey, the, we're, we can dig it. We can dig it. Ed, what are your thoughts on Soraya? So here's the thing. Anytime Ed says, so here's the thing. We know this is going to be good. So listen up, people. She can wrestle any woman on their roster. She could wrestle any woman in the world, even on WWE's roster, in an AEW ring. If the booking of the women's division doesn't get any better than it already is, and it's not booked at 930 at night, on a Wednesday, and it doesn't get more than 10 minutes, it ain't gonna fucking there's that F word. It ain't gonna matter. <laughs> ain't nothing gonna sorry, sorry, Carl. You told me I can't say one thing. Of course I, did. I try to limit it. I, I try to I don't want the entire show just to be the F word. The donation square jars over to the side. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll donate to the swear jar. Uh, but no, like if they don't book them, they already have ultra talented women who could do so many amazing things. But guess what? You don't book them, right? So it don't matter. You got right. Tony Storm as your world champion. It don't matter. You had Britt Baker as your champion for how many days? The fact that you have to question it, I don't know. Was it over a year? Was it under a year? I don't remember. <laughs> it was over because a year. It, didn't it was over because a it didn't year. Matter. Yeah. Because it didn't matter. Hikaru Shida held the title for almost the entire pandemic right but she ain't on tv anymore and they, they i love that they have youtube programs where you can get all kinds of talent on your wrestling programs but don't sit here and tell me that when i tell you that you're not booking your women's division properly and you come back with the excuse don't you see how many women's matches are on dark don't you see how many women's matches are on dark elevation i don't care dark and dark elevation are main event they don't right. matter. They're an internet program. They don't matter. I don't care if you book them into your programs. If you're not telling me what's going you had Di Diamante versus Big Swole have a best of three, like three stages of hell match, and you couldn't bother to put the thing on television. <laughs> right? You couldn't bother to put it on television. But here's the positive. Soraya brings experience that if they actually give her some say in the women's division and she can get her input in there, she might be able to help push that women's division to get that attention that, you know, they are lacking at the moment. And I think that's where a lot of the fans like that are excited about this are, are hopeful, I guess, so to speak. They're hopeful that her addition to the roster is Tony Gons to admitting, hey, we need to fix this problem. And maybe I need to bring in someone the level of a Soraya to come in and help us out. If that's the case, bring her in to run the women's division and not be a part 
of the women's division. That's fair. Yeah. I, I don't need to see Soraya page wrestle again. I'd love to see her live the rest of her life because unlike everybody else, it's not like she took a huge bump that ended up, you know, derailing her career. It was a small thing. And I don't want to see her career end the same way. I don't want to see Brian's end. But Brian is apparently hell-bent and determined <laughs> that he's going to end his life in a wrestling ring before he hits 60. <laughs> at least, unlike Ric Flair, at least he can still go. <laughs> right. As he's determined to end his life in the ring. But, but like, you know what? I don't want to see that for her. Make her the figurehead of a women's division and have her spearhead backstage with Tony Khan to make sure they get two segments a night. Give them, give them half an hour on your two-hour wrestling show. It'd right. be a shocker. Have them open Dynamite one Wednesday coming up. Wouldn't that be something? Right. Have have them not close the show if, if they're not going to bleed. Because it's, it's the only two times they've ever closed the show is when they were bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was the the what was the, the St. Valentine's Day match? Oh, no, the St. Patrick's Day match between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Brand they bled during that one. That one closed dynamite. And then the bunnies match. Didn't that one close dynamite too? I believe it did. And I know that she bled like a stuffed pig in that one too. <sighs> yeah, she did. The last it thing like I need is in, in my women's wrestling is like, I get that all wrestling gets to be different and creative. Right. But that that's to, for me personally, that's not what I want to see in my women's wrestling. So I prefer not to see that as the lasting images of what, the, the you know foundation of their division is Chris coming in here before I get to Chris's comment I just want to say that if Soraya Soraya Paige whatever you want to call her is going to have a match in AEW I want it to be against Jamie Hayter please and then I will be happy Soraya Soraya versus Jamie Hayter and then done I'll be happy with that Chris saying I could see how how are we supposed to be pronouncing her name? Soraya. I've said Soraya, but I I never heard it said so. Okay, I could see Soraya taking what she learned from Dusty and uh, Fit Fit Finley, and hopefully applying that to booking the AEW Women's Division properly. Um, Joe's right. Joe says screw it. Let's do Hogan versus (laughs) Flair in AEW. Is a loser actually dies match? <laughs> yep, in the, a the, in a loser actually dies match. The yep, best part is I, the considering the health of those two guys. They probably both <laughs> died before the match was over, right? They probably would. They're both gonna die on their way to the ring. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, like, I really hope Soraya does do that as well. That that you know maybe no no no, no, no. error separate mistake. Se- separate those two thoughts. We're going to finish talking about the loser dies in the ring match. And we're going to go back to a different thought about Soraya, right? Yes. Can we separate those yes. thoughts? We're, we're, we're not, we're not, we're, Soraya okay. is not dying in the ring. I, I thought um, you were connecting the two thoughts and I was like, nope. Can we, we need to stop there first. Nope. Nope. nope okay, nope. good. Going, Just going back it. to Chris's, going back to Chris's comment here, <laughs> we are going to talk about Soraya booking and uh, helping the women's division which i think would be absolutely fantastic that is definitely what i want to see and i hope that it was an error on um 
media's part or social media web designs part when they actually put the graphic underneath with the singles tag and trios matchup actually she i'd say she won a trios match pretty good that's She's for a topic a for another threat. day that's <laughs> more like a triple threat another day Seems more like a triple threat to me carl but or a two-on-one depends how you look at it <laughs> walkers and bedpans are legal to be used during a matchup between hogan and flair <laughs> well, it's like 90s wrestling with hogan and flair <laughs> oh we are going way off from where we were all right let's all right. circle Soraya? back yep. we're gonna circle back now we're gonna do a full circle right to our last topic today all right full circle i do want to put this graphic up here first and i do need to change this text as well because the graphic depicting the superstars in the ring was provided by black mass designs you can find them on twitter at b l x c k m a s s d e s i g n this guy did an amazing job with this graphic that you see there and i want to make sure that he gets all of the kudos for it um talking about it i tweeted out that picture the damn thing freaking blew up i'm gonna go to it here i have it as my pinned tweet for this show I'm going to go to the tweet activity as you guys take a look at this picture. Um, it has had 269,773 impressions throughout Twitter. It has had 7,065 different engagements on it, and it has been liked 1695 times quoted 186 and retweeted 212 times Damn. now trying to go through and uh see all of these comments that have been put there has been tiring <laughs> to try to go and interact and make sure that that those voices are heard has been exhausting Carl, but, it seems like you could use the pill. I mean, there's one that could make you larger, one that could make you small. I like being big. <laughs> I like being big. There has been a lot of divide when it comes to... <laughs> <laughs> yes, Joe, leave it to him to derail the show with his comments i'm not no they're not stupid comments no comment is a stupid comment because as i have said this entire time that i've been doing these shows all of you that are watching and listening are my co-hosts as well and your interaction is 100 percent appreciated just like the comments that have come through from some of these people on this twitter post that i put out there have been everything from this is amazing. Take my money now to this is the absolute shits. What the hell do you think you're doing? <laughs> so now this has been one of the biggest, most talked about things 
to happen within the world of professional wrestling in a long freaking time. We're talking this whole white rabbit saga that is going on, which has people believing that it's Bray Wyatt, just as you saw in that uh, that graphic. And that possibly we have got characters coming to life from the Firefly Funhouse. Now, I know that both you, Bobby and Ed, have said that you have done extensive work when it comes to taking a look at this White Rabbit saga. And I want to start with you, Ed. Give me what you have found, what you have learned, and we're going to go from there. Nothing. We, we, we all know the same amount as anybody else. That two weeks ago at SmackDown, during a commercial break, they dropped the lights and played Jefferson, uh, Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit. Then they did it again the next night at a house show. Same format. They then played it on Sunday night in an empty arena before the show for whatever reason. On Monday Night Raw, the following week, we got a QR code that led us to a game of Hangman, which asked who killed the world. And the answer was you did. And the first five letters picked by the by the Hangman player were the letters Demon. Right. We then continue to smack the end of that says that on 923 at 923, we're going to find out more. I erroneously tweeted that it was a commercial break at 923 so that it was left Kit Kat or right Kit Kat. I was wrong. I admit it. I apologize. It was not right, left, right or left Kit Kat. That was the, uh, the thing here. Just before they went to break, it turned 923. Guess who was in the ring? Killer Cross. Carrion Cross. Guess what Carrion Cross was saying in the ring when uh, 923 happened? You fell for it. You fell for it. This is exactly what we wanted. We being the keyword. Yes. What we wanted. We then progress to Monday. We progress to SmackDown. Earlier in that show, we'd gotten a QR code. That had given us the directions to the Rogers Center for Monday Night's Raw in Edmonton. Yep. I believe the White Rabbit stuff has been happening in every house show since it is happening during the commercial breaks. Because on Raw, we did get a photo, uh, a, a photo from our friend Cody Defoe, who did tell us that they played White Rabbit with the red lighting during the show in Edmonton last night. Mike the Ref posted a short video of it too. <laughs> yes, Mike. Did. Yes, Mike did. We also, with that one that talked about that it being in Edmonton, we had the word patricide. Yeah. When when Dominic Mysterio came to the ring while Seth Rollins was taking on Rey Mysterio, the QR code first appeared. With him with a chair in his hand to end the relationship with his father. So we continue with that angle. <laughs> we then go further. The QR code from last night is a video of wrestlers saying words, and it's a stop-motion video getting all kinds of different legends saying who killed the world you did. It is posted in a TikTok format, 
At the bottom of that, there is the latitude and longitude of a place in Italy that is home to the pink rabbit. It is this massive thing that's sitting out in the middle of nowhere in Italy called the pink rabbit. Just north of this pink rabbit is an inn. The let me in. (laughs) Also, if you take the most recent one and you apparently break it down to source code, Mm-hmm. It has the first two lines of Malachi Black's theme. Right? Yep. Okay, now you're caught up. Good <laughs> luck trying to figure out what the F's going on. <sighs> Joe's got a completely different idea when it comes to the whole rabbit thing. He thinks it's a returning Adam Rose with the bunny dude from NXT. <laughs> Call me crazy. <laughs> you crazy son of a bitch. Yeah, I gotta go with crazy. I had a one. <laughs> Chris does make a good point there. He says the last time I can remember this kind of frenzy was maybe back in 2007 when Jericho's return was promoted with that whole uh, uh, Save Us Y2J campaign, which yeah, I think that's this is probably, that's probably the last time. Bobby, what do you have that's uh, interesting or different about this whole White Rabbit thing? Well, I mean, even prior to the White Rabbit reveals, I've been following very closely to try to find out anything about Bray's potential return because I think character-wise, he's just such a unique individual. And so I did closely follow, and again, I know it's a fan YouTube channel and that these are fan-made videos, but being that Bray Wyatt, even on his social media has the mention of the it begins again kid makes me believe that maybe it's not so fan like as it is so there's a lot of videos made by the it begins again guy one of which feature a white rabbit in fact the first one that shows the white rabbit actually does reference carrion cross or killer cross directly in that particular video uh yes. also many references to Scarlet being involved there and many other people that Bray has worked with or been friends with. I believe that, you know, going off like Ed saying, it's it's hard to judge what is going to happen for sure. But I believe anybody who at this point believes that anything less than all roads eventually leaving, leading to Bray Wyatt would be a little short of disappointing. Now, I don't necessarily think the White Rabbit itself is Bray Wyatt. And I don't necessarily think that it all stops there. I think that once we find out the white rabbit, it's only going to be one piece to the bigger collective as a total. I do believe the one name that people aren't talking about and triple H has alluded to names coming in that isn't even on the said poster and could be part of the said white six, as they say, uh, Taylor Rotunda and uh, not coming back as Bo Dallas. I believe coming in as Taylor Rotunda himself or one of the incarnations of these different characters. And if you go to the It Begins Again channel, there actually is a whole video where there's a voice being t- talking about pure evils and the evils of the world and stuff like that. And there's a guy in a blue suit walking around with a baseball bat and a white creepy mask on, swinging it around. And at the end, it reveals that it was Taylor Rotunda in that one as well too. So it really makes you start to wonder, could Taylor Rotunda be on the verge of making his return and be maybe the last piece before they open that red door, as we've seen in the uh, game that was uh, put out 
to open the gate, the, the, you know, the supposed gates of hell where you will release the said demon back into the world of professional wrestling. I believe that, yes, the picture, that graphic that uh, that gentleman, and by the way, he should be making WWE's posters for him because that was fantastic. Right. Uh, but I believe those five make a lot of sense. Although Dexter Loomis makes me scratch my head a little bit, but only a little. He's right. got the creepiness and the mystique about him right now that I understand where it fits. But I do a creepy believe, bastard. Oh, for sure he is. Just the look of that guy. <laughs> He's creepy Stone Cold Steve Austin all the way. Uh, but I believe that you slot Taylor Rotunda into this, and I believe that you drag out the full reveal of a Bray Wyatt return to the Survivor Series in War Games itself. I believe in Extreme Rules, they can reveal one piece of the puzzle, have the White Rabbit reveal or have one of the characters come together, start showing the forming of a faction. But at the War Games, at Survivor Series, imagine the bloodline finishes off the night in victory, standing there victorious, and suddenly the lights go out, they come back on, and surrounding the ring are Dexter Loomis, Scarlett Bardo, Karrion Cross, Taylor Rotunda, Braun Strowman, and inside the ring, right standing behind uh, Roman Reigns, is the man himself, Bray Wyatt, as he makes that attack on the champion right then and there. Freaking amazing. Freaking amazing <laughs> to include Bo Dallas in there as well. well I mean, I like yeah, that. Let's not I call him Bo Dallas anymore. Yeah. But that, <laughs> and that's something that I have not seen from anywhere else. Right. You were the first person that I've really seen that from, which is, which is very interesting. I was say it's gaining steam online. Uh, it's been, people have been picking that up uh, as of late. Chris does mention that the only one piece I didn't get to was there was a, there was a zip code that leads you to Corbin, Kentucky. Yeah. And when you look up the zip code, it does come into the Wyndham Inn. Also, there is now a YouTube page for something like that for the white rabbit. And there are two videos on this YouTube channel. One of them is a three-second thing, which gives you to the Wyndham, the city of Wyndham in Kentucky. And the other is a 15-year-old music video, 15 years old yeah. music video, where they put up Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit. Nice. Two videos which that YouTube channel is called White Rabbit, Rabbit Records. Mus yes. <laughs> right? 15 years ago. Joe, as well, I say, uh, whether whatever it is, I hope it doesn't legitimately get leaked and they keep it a secret until it actually happens. I fully freaking agree with that. I was doing some research as well. There's a few things that I've got here that I'm just going to run through really quick. Um, first thing, and, and, and I... I want. I just want to put out there that I have uh, gotten a lot of this information from a the Twitter account uh, Thunder Two K um, T H U N D the number three R Two K. So July or July fourth, Bray tweeted asking if anyone knew anything about Self Arkansas, and if anyone could locate or navigate the Devil's Hole. Info was found on a page on undergroundzarks.com. The page forum has an admin by the name White Rabbit. In the first QR code, we see a white rabbit jump to select letters, just like Ed had said, which spelt out 
demon, which could reference uh, to like Devil's Hole or The Fiend. Um, the first QR code hangman game was who killed the world with the answer you did. July 15th, uploaded interview with Michael Cole. Just as Ed mentioned, interviewing Bray Wyatt, where he said, I did not make the world the way it is. You did. Right? The font style in the answer to the question you did matches the font style that has been used for the Wyatt's t-shirts that have come out. So that was an interesting thing. Uh, live audience playing White Rabbit. Bray Wyatt's Twitter bio, he actually had in there, he who opens the doors below, matching the rabbit hole that leads down. Mm-hmm. Yes, Joe, at least it is not Nia Jax's hole. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. That'd be a real ouch situation. (laughs) But uh, also uh, with uh, Wyatt's uh, social media, keep in mind too, Mm -hmm. there's one thing that people aren't noticing, but there is a random just red circle listed on his bio, which very reminiscent of the same red circle around the play button on the feed your head graphic that is on all of these videos that they keep releasing too. That's why we came full circle to (laughs) this topic exactly why his instagram yeah, picture right over there his instagram pick um has the same checkered pattern as the live or as the videos from the qr code and is upside down as it is in the film alice in wonderland mm-hmm. as alice falls Interesting. The poster for Extreme Rules, some of them actually have (laughs) lanterns and fireflies. A lantern surrounded by fireflies, which is very interesting. Most notably the fight pit one. Yes. Yes. Which, if you know anything about Bray Wyatt, very synonymous with him with the fireflies. The lantern, everything, it it adds up. So, on in an episode of the Firefly Funhouse in October of 2020, Bray Wyatt was dressed as the Mad Hatter, while Alexa Bliss wore a black and white checkered dress. Again, making a reference to Alice in Wonderland for some reason. Um, another QR code, the rabbit hops through the door. And yes, the word patricide appears. The word patricide means the killing of one's father. And in an old Florida Championship Wrestling promo, Bray Wyatt talks about and speaks to killing his father. So again, another little twist in there. Could um, also just... just speaking of that too, Carl, uh, mm-hmm. could also be reference to the fall of Vince McMahon or the death of the father that led Bray Wyatt through the initial run in the WWE. Right. Yeah, like one hundred percent. That was exactly where I was going with the next. Was because Daddy ain't here no more. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Joe saying, so basically, if it's not Bray, this has to be the best trolling job of all time. Right? Triple H just wanted to play some music at a a show and everybody started going wild with it. (laughs) Right? By the way, all the artwork for all of this stuff is all eerily reminiscent of the artwork by Carl Scarborough who is synonymous with Bray Wyatt and wrestlers of all types, including Dexter Loomis and Karrion Cross, yep. as well as one of the guys who helped him along with uh, Jason Baker, the guy who made the fiend mask all worked on the fiend stuff together. Well, they're the one, he's the one that leaked that photo of a white rabbit design shortly after this all started happening as well, too. I mean, it's like they're slapping us in the face with it. But like you said, if it doesn't lead that way now, what the, what the hell are you going to do? Yeah, the white rabbit on the left-hand side right here is work yeah. of Carl A. Scarborough. Right? Yeah. Like, just, holy shit. Absolutely insane. I love that mask, by the way. I, I, I don't by the way. Proud. That rabbit was on Bray Wyatt's Twitter profile within the last month, too, by the way. Yes, 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 I know. Oh, oh my God. Just, just keep in mind, I don't know if you guys saw the post. Bray Wyatt would never rent a car from Hertz rent a car. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> I do have to point this out, though, as well. Something that a lot of people uh, may, may just say, oh, Lots of conspiracy theorists talk this way, but we're talking about this white rabbit and we, we are chasing this white rabbit, Mm -hmm. which is a governmental term in which we use to describe people's fascination with chasing down the truth, following leads, even if it takes us down a path of deception deception so we're chasing the hell out of this thing going by god in your best jr voice that you can have it's bray wyatt (laughs) only for us to be led all the way to deception i don't know which way is left right up or down right now North, south, I don't freaking know when it comes to this. All I know is that I'm invested and I am happy with what has been going on here. Wow. (laughs) The best part is, is it gives us opportunities to have a long, strong conversation where nobody's wrong because anything you say is very possible with this because we don't know shit about any of it really i mean it's all speculation at this point (laughs) yeah of course at one point (laughs) at one point i just wanted to be funny and i was somebody was talking to me i'm like you guys are all idiots it's all for naomi and people like wait what do you mean like well the first name's trinity people like yeah and And i'm like well matrix trinity follow the white rabbit Hmm. it's all for naomi to join the bloodline you guys are idiots I just wanted to see if I could get a rise out of somebody. It was hysterical. And who knows? Who knows, though? Like, right now, honestly, who freaking knows? Are they leading us down? Are we chasing this white rabbit all the way to deception? It could or, be nothing. The best part is right? this is just Triple H having fun. It's, it's nothing. It's GTV right? for a new generation. <laughs> like, 
holy shit right now like holy shit balls batman i am invested <laughs> in something like again again i'm starting to fall away from the wwe triple h is now in the head and i'm starting to come back to it again and then it's just kind of like well he's, he's bringing back a lot of these these people that were like go and yeah i get it okay it's cool i'm starting to fall back again and out of the blue this white freaking rabbit comes in and i'm like hmm i'm not a fan of white chocolate i do like dark chocolate i like chocolate bunnies this bunny intrigues me now because i thought about chocolate with the bunnies because i like chocolate i'm fat get over it um it's like holy shit perhaps it is adam rose Adam Rose coming back in as a bunny. Perhaps it is. And yeah, Joe, Joe was thinking that earlier as well. Right? Maybe it's Ric Flair with white hair. Oh no. Like, <laughs> Just like no. there's so much, so much that this could be. But the fact that we're sitting here talking about it shows that this shit is working. Mm -hmm. Viral like, marketing. Yep. And we're doing it all on our own. Right? WWE's giving us yeah, videos on a QR code. They're like, here's a QR code. Scan it. Don't scan it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Buy a t-shirt. Fall for the trick. It's all good. <laughs> and I just, I just love it because there's so many people that are out there on the Twitter box right now. Like, okay, sports, trending. I'm on, I'm on the Twitter machine right now. Let me refresh this here. Twitter machine refresh for me. Um, sports trending. White rabbit. Like it's still <laughs> there day. trending. Yep. White rabbit. As of right now, it's showing 2,258 tweets. <laughs> it's trending. Do you imagine for all the Hashtag people who don't rabbit. watch all the people who don't watch wrestling look at it going, what the hell is this all about? Right? Very Horowitz. I I would definitely be okay with that. Uh, Barry Horowitz for WWE Hall of Fame, please. Um, if everybody could tweet that out, I would appreciate that because, yes, Barry Horowitz, my good buddy Barry, needs to be in that WWE Hall of Fame. And then Joe uh, is saying it all depends how, uh, how deep we want to go down the rabbit hole of stupidity, I guess. Um, yeah, right? Like, I don't know. I don't think that it's really stupidity. I don't think that that's really what we're doing is uh, going down a, a hole of stupidity because there are a lot of people using their social medias to get all of this over with seemingly next to nothing being given to us from the WWE. Bobby, I do want you and Ed. After Bobby, I want you guys to give us your socials and where the people can find and follow you. For sure, but uh, you should go, go and uh, first of all check out uh, Jefferson, Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit song, which is more popular now than it's ever been since its release in 1967. But uh, kudos to them for uh, finally getting a number one out there. Uh, it's fantastic. But yeah, as for where you can find me, well, uh, you can find me most places like the socials. I'm the real Bobby Munson. You'll find me, real Bobby Munson. Uh, reach out to me. 
tweet me, check me out, follow me, all that kind of fun stuff. And, you know, you can find me during the week. You know, a couple of shows that I do. Beats and Beatdowns is going to be back here at Turnbuckle Studios. Can't wait for season two. And, of course, Olay. Thursday night. Thursday, Olay, yes. Uh, Thursday night, of course, uh, myself and Papa Spokes uh, hitting it up with the double feature there, Ring Respect Radio and Fusion, our MLW review show, where next Thursday... We've got it all booked up and solidified. We are going to have Lance Anawai joining us finally uh, after having to rebook that one. And then, of course, Sunday, we've got myself and Chris Parrish, who you're going to be able to watch right away coming up here with Astrid Pizarro. Uh, we're going to be joined by Drew Nichols of Fightful on Sunday for episode three of Busting Out. So definitely check that out as well, too. Awesome. Ed, can you, you, can can you divulge? Here. You can find you can... me here at edfries12584 on Twitter. Um, let me see if I can find the name because I don't have it off the top of my head. That's okay. You take Smash your time chat. as Sorry, Parrish Nicholas. decides Smash to chat. say that it's Nicholas. Correction, body. <laughs> it's Nicholas. Nicholas. I can give you one. I, I should probably learn that before Sunday, hey? <laughs> <laughs> right? Ah, crap. Where did it go? Yes, it's I can all good. I'm hitting here with my non-sponsored Dr. Pepper, having a drink. It's all good. Variant wrestling realities Ooh. coming soon. Okay, sounds unique. And that's all the teaser you're going to give us. Eh, what if for now? If that's 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 perfect. What if, fine if it is? Eh, no, no, that's enough what for if? now. What, what if? if? What if Ed decided to tell us? What if? What if? My name is Carl Carafel. This has been absolutely amazing to have my good friends, Bobby Monson and Ed Fries, joining me here on this week's episode, as well to each and every one of you that have watched this show, whether you watched it live and interacted with us here as our co-hosts. We thank you. We appreciate you. And to everyone that is going to see this as it is shown afterwards, whether that's on Turnbuckle Studios' YouTube page, whether you're going to twitch.tv slash Turnbuckle Studios and re-watching it that way, or if you're on Facebook watching it at TB Talk Pod, or even if you just get it in audio format on Podbean and any of those podcatchers out there, we thank you. We appreciate you, and we welcome you back next week as well. Remember, everyone, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>